0: Hey, I gotta tell you guys about something, and I'm really excited to talk about this because I got a brand new front door lock. And it's not just any lock. It's a Ufi video lock. You might be thinking, what's the big deal, Chael? Well, okay, I'm gonna tell you. First off, it is sleek. I mean, it's a very big deal. My father used to build houses. My whole life I've known how important curb appeal is. I used to be in real estate. When I show somebody a house, the front door is the very first thing you see. This thing is a piece of art. It truly is, and it's such a good-looking piece of hardware. It instantly upgraded my front door. I was excited about the functionality. So not only do I get an instant makeover with a piece of art, you now have a different level of protection. It's a smart lock. It's got a 2K camera with audio and doorbell all in one. Most competitors are either just a camera or a smart lock. The Eufy Video Lock has both plus a doorbell and it can all be controlled via an app, which makes things so convenient. I hate when I hear the doorbell ring and I'm comfortable inside. I gotta get up, go to the door, just to find out it's a delivery man who dropped the package and is already long gone. The Eufy Video Lock now allows me to avoid all of that. I can just peek at the app. I can even talk to him or hear him talk back to me. Also, my wife and I travel a lot. It's an added level of security at my front door and it makes me feel a little bit more at ease. It was very easy to install. No, there are no monthly fees for the security video storage. The battery is rechargeable, and each charge lasts about four months. The Ufi Lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Ufi Video Lock online. Do that by going to Ufi, E U F Y Video Lock, or visit ufiofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you gain complete control of your door. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards.
1: Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
0: What's happening, guys? Happy Tuesday and thank you for joining another special episode of your welcome guys what a weekend it was in combat sports it was the u.s debut for one championship over in colorado we saw canelo alvarez and i admit that fight was over in mexico but then of course we come back to new jersey for ufc 288 i want to do a deep dive into the pay-per-view card i want to talk about the last two fights of the evening and all the storylines coming out of saturday night no time to waste. Let's get to it. Keisha LaVille took Sugar Sean's jacket. It was one of the great spots of the night. And what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? What would you do if Disha took your jacket? That's probably now his jacket, right? Well, sure. But you're not Sugar Sean. Okay. Let's say you are Sugar Sean and Dee Slavili took your jacket. Now, to make things worse, you don't have a shirt on underneath, which means either gives you your coat back or you got to wherever it is you have to go next, right? You think it's going to be dinner. You're going to go hit this pizza spot on the corner. Maybe you're just going to go back to the hotel. You got to go without a shirt on. You are now a fool. That can't happen. But what if when Dee Slavili takes your jacket and your Sugar Sean and you want it back, what if him and five of his friends, who also are five of the baddest dudes around, are all together, and you're by yourself. Sugar Sean had to get that coat back. That's his coat. We don't know the history behind it. Maybe his grandmother gave it to him, and she passed away. I mean, by example, we don't know what value what that had. But Sean was not happy. And he also wasn't happy that in his moment, the guy who many argue is the number one contender, right? I mean, that, that, that is belief. Sean is ranked number one. But many believe that De would be fighting for a championship. It was not for his loyalty towards the friendship towards Aljo. Many believe that. So now, Sugar Sean, in his moment... That he flew across country. Sean lives by me. lives over in Arizona. He's got to go out there to the East Coast. Believe me, us West Coasters, we don't like the East Coast. He's got to go out there. He's got to do this whole thing. He's now in his moment. And another dude that some believe it should be hit just took his coat. He's got to get the coat back. (laughs) It's a big deal. This was a big deal. And I'm grateful that DeSlavili did it. I thought it was a great piece. I mean, Aljo's doing his thing. Henry's over in the corner of the ring. Okay, these are the optics. Henry's in the corner of the ring. His gloves are off. When you remove your gloves as a fighter, you are giving a signal to the announcer, in this case Joe Rogan, who's going to give a signal to the boss, to Craig Bersari. Don't go off air. Don't kill all the time. I must show respect and talk to him. He's taken his gloves off. He's going to retire. It's a big deal. So we're listening to Aljo and we got this thing going. We got the face off with Sean. We got Dana in the ring. And we know that this is coming in out of nowhere. (laughs) I saw Sean. I saw him take the coat off. I didn't see where the coat goes. The next time that everybody's in view, Slavili's wearing it. Oh my God, I popped. I started screaming. I was screaming at the TV. And the only person up in my house is my son. And I'm yelling to he's like, dad, what's going on? I said, D Slavini's got his coat, he's got his coat. Okay. I bring this to you because I mean if you missed it, it's a big deal. Now, when the whole thing is Sean has to get the coat back, but to get his coat back, this isn't Sean and Tim have to get the coat back. This is Sean by himself. He's gotta get the coat from people that don't like him. By the way, there's five of them. He has to get it back. He has no shirt. There's a way when you're bad. Like, you can't have somebody steal your coat and be a rough guy, right? I mean, at some point, you can't be giving up your lunch money anymore and be a tough guy. Like, it's it's one of the two. So, let's say Sean had a shirt on. Just say he had a shirt on. He could have done the math. He could have seen that Dishlavili took the jacket... He could have seen where the cameras are, know we're about to go off air. He's going to the same bus in the back I am to go to the same hotel. I'll get my coat back there. And he could have, like, if he had a shirt on. He could have acted as though, oh, did I set my jacket down? Oh, that's right. Oh, got I hair even care about that old thing. He could have played it like that. He had no shirt on. He had to get the coat back. <laughs> so then, this is two grown men it's this two grown man and he took his coat oh my god he took his coat oh oh my goodness so Dana has to get Paula I just wish they would have taken the microphone and stuck the microphone in there. I don't know what Sean was saying to DiCavilli. DiCavilli's not going to give him the coat back. He took the coat to say, hey kid, I took your coat, right? He'll give it to him in the bus, too. He wasn't going to steal the coat, but he's not going to give it to him back. There's a difference. So now Dad has to come over. Dana, he's given the belt that one of his top draws that saved a division, the only Olympic gold medals he's got, he's this, looks like he's going to retire. Time is ticking down before this pay-per-view goes off air. And Dana's got to go over and make sure that Sean gets his coat back so he's not top man. It was a thing. And Sean was pissed. I went to the post-fight press conference and called him a little weirdo. He was not happy about the coat thing. I am. I think Deish LaVila I thought there was something to watch there. I thought it made it interesting. And we learned a lot in that fight. Oh, boy, did we ever. Did we ever. What about the narrative that's been going around that goes back to Jan Aljo part one that Aljo doesn't have the lungs for this? I saw it too. I saw what you guys saw. I never said it, but I saw what you saw. So then you you get the big rematch and Aljo gives away rounds four and five. Well, so now the narrative that he can't push in four or five still exists, but you do have to question because he gave them away. He didn't get beat. He let them have them. Risky game. But that's what happened. So then you see DeShilavili, his teammate, who has weaponized pace like nobody else that's currently competing today. We've had guys do it, but not currently. He is the number one pace in our industry right now, Lavili. And you wonder, is this guy the rightful guy? And that's happened before. Tito had the belt, trained with Chuck. Everybody that was in the room said, no, 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 Chuck, Chuck was the guy, but Tito was the champion. And Chuck didn't want to step on that. It was his his workout part. I mean, sometimes we've seen this. We never got our answer between Kane and Daniel. We might be fine with that, but we never got our answer. Rory and St. Pierre was questioned at one point. I think it's, but I'm just sharing for you. Sometimes that doesn't happen. And we did wonder, is DeJalvili actually the guy? Could he put a a pace on Aljo that would outspan Aljo's athleticism? Maybe. We don't think that anymore. Aljo held up. Aljo gave the fifth round again away, uh, away again. Aljo knew he had that thing in the bank. This was against an Olympic wrestling champion who Aljo took down twice and tried to take him down five times. He showed him no respect. Henry, on the other hand, after the fight did, did. He said, man, they call this guy the Funkmaster. I thought it was because he had bad breath or something. He said, this guy was weird. There was positions. It was awkward. I had never felt it before. That's a huge compliment from a guy who I can't recall a time he's given a compliment. It's a big deal. Really, really big deal. Really gracious of Henry Cejudo. But on the other hand, on the other hand, it really helped to solidify the era that we're in, which is the Sterling era. That fight was billed as the main event, and it was billed as the Bantamweight Championship. But what do we know, guys? What do we know is hardcore. We knew they were fighting for the greatest ever. We knew that. And it wasn't put out there because they don't talk about Aljo like that. This was Aljo's first main event. Big deal big deal when you realize that. He, he's, there's, there's, there's things where we have pulled him back. We have pulled him down. I think one of the reasons, we just didn't know how good he was. I think that's the truth. We have to call him the best in the world. That's what that belt represents. But that's not what they fought for, did they? They fought for the greatest bantamweight ever. And a first-time main eventer isn't generally the guy. But it turns out, Aljo is. Well, of all of Henry Cejudo's wonderful talents, apparently we should add the ability to change his mind to that list. Henry's back. Did you guys see this on Twitter? Henry leaves... Saturday with his gloves in his hands and very somber, very gracious to pass the torch and shine up Aljo. was a very gracious thing as he considered showing himself out for good. Told us that. It might be the last time you see me. Well, he changed his mind. He called out Marab. In fact, he would like to fight him at UFC in Boston. <laughs> Do you guys know this? I'm not joking around. Henry took to Twitter and he's already called out Marab. He said this off the top of my head. He said, this is far from over. Tagged Dana White. He wants Marab DiShlaveli's head on a platter. As a matter of fact, he even had the date in mind, which again is UFC Boston. That's relevant though. Why is that relevant? Because they asked Dana at the post-fight press conference when he thought he was going to put Sterling and Sugar Sean in there. And Dana said, not committing, but I believe in three months, which is August, at the Boston card it's really interesting because now all of a sudden Henry wants on the Boston card which means Henry doesn't really want to fight Marab he's willing to fight Marab he believes if he beats Marab it makes him a number one contender that would be true I think that we would all agree with that too but you're not getting the opportunity if Sterling still got the belt so Henry has decided not only that he could beat Marab. And that if he's going to have to deal with Marab, dealing with him for three rounds tactically is better than dealing with him for five, which is why he called him out on a card that he knows already has a main event in his weight class as long as all this information we've been given is true. Oh, and by the way, Henry also just tipped his hat that he believes Sugar Sean's going to win. That's, I just threw a lot at you right there. I just threw a lot at you. But I guarantee all of that math, everything I just said to a degree, all went through Henry's mind. All of it. And it's all a good formula, quite frankly. I don't know that you could turn him around that quick, but it's very different. I like that Henry did this. And I like it because I can't remember the last time I've seen it. I'll, I'll I'll just use another great champion, for example, and that would be Kamaru Usman. But, and, and I offer Kamaru because it's it's a very... A recent and real example of one of the greats ever, who there's rumors and speculation and talk that he might not even return. And he hasn't done anything to stop that. He's been very quiet. You have Henry, on the other hand, that started a narrative, which is he may never return, and then stopped it all on his own in 24 hours. I mean, not for nothing, but it's very different that Henry did this now as opposed to two weeks. And frankly, why wait? I mean, if you want Marab, don't don't let Marab get taken. Don't let him be busy. If Henry still wants to be champion and clearly he does, clearly he does. I really like this from Henry. I like it from Henry though, but I'm, I'm also a viewer of Henry. I, I've been able to stand back. I, I know th- I feel as though, psychologically, I know more about Henry's career in terms of what makes him tick than he does. There's an arrogance on that, isn't there? But I feel that. I see guys all the time. They're so close to the trees. They can't see the forest. You're going to be able to stand back, right? 10,000 feet is what they call right? you like, you're up in an airplane. It's 10,000 feet away. You, you can see absolutely everything. And that's how I feel about Henry's career. The big difference in 2008 when Henry won the Olympic gold medal in 2012 where he didn't get past Nick Simmons at the trials. Big difference. Is one, he was fully committed, and the other one, he wasn't. Simple. But how can you tell me that he was fully committed when he's going down to Sean, he's tweeting about McGregor, and he's got his eye on Volkanovsky? How are you going to convince me of that? The fight gets done, He he's out. When he took his gloves off, he retired right there, mentally. He retired. It just took him two minutes to get to him. Had Joe Rogan and that Cameron microphone got to Henry when he took the gloves off, he would have thrown them down and told you he was retired. He changed his mind. Make sure you know that. He took those gloves off. He realized what he was about to say. He heard that energy of that crowd. He looks at the three baddest dudes, right? Very unique spot. Henry's done. Henry's heart is broke. Henry's gloves are off. He's done. Guess what he sees? Guess what he sees? He sees Aljo. He sees Sugar Sean, he sees De Shlavili, guess what he watches him do? He watches Aljo get a standing ovation from what they're calling his hometown crowd, even though they were one state away. He watched Sugar Sean with his shirt off, alone, step into the entire Saralongo Longo team. It was, it was like a hero shot. And then you have De Shlavili Instigating and agitating, which are Henry's two favorite things to do. Like everything that he likes, and the three guys that are trying to take it all from him. And he changed his mind. And I just, I really appreciate. really, is going to take that fight. DeChaville is I, I just told you what Henry said on Twitter. I, I, if I went to Twitter, I, defeat, he's already responded. I haven't seen it, but I, I will guarantee you Diesel Vili has already responded and he will take that fight. Now the question is, does Dana want to make it? This Boston business, you know, I, I don't know how much I believe that they're going to put Sean and, and uh, Sterling on that card. I just, I don't. Boston is a very special thing to Dana because he's from Boston. I think that's a, that's a wonderful fight to bring them. But I can't remember anybody that got turned around that quickly. I mean, we're we're hearing that Adesanya... Wants to get in a, get in a get down fast pretty soon, but they just they just can't turn around that fast. They can't turn anybody around that fast. They never turn anyone around that fast. All Volkanovsky wants to do is fight as quick as he can. It's just it's one of these things that I don't know how much I believe that the Bantamweight title is going to be contested in three months. August is in three months. I, I don't know that I believe that. And it's not a big deal. It's not some kind of a conspiracy theory. I don't know that I believe that. In addition to that, I think that John Jones versus Sergi is coming to Boston in August. Oh, wow. Did I just let the cat out of the bag? Second-guessing the rules after the fact is one of the most blatant forms of unsportsmanship that there is. Do we all agree it is pointless? It it takes away from the victory? I still got to do it. I got to do it. I'm not unsportsmanlike. I wasn't a part of the contest. Of course, what I'm talking about is Gilbert versus Blahal and the rules that they made. Blahal got this one right. Look. I can tell you till I'm blue in the face, but it's it's a tough concept to understand. I, I realize that. The fighters know who's going to win the fight before the fight ever starts. Th- that That is a broad stroke, of course, because every now and then you get surprised. I'll give you a great example. There was nobody more surprised when Justin Gaethje stopped Tony Ferguson than Justin Gaethje. Sometimes you will outperform your own expectations. But the fighters will generally know. I mean, I could take 50 guys, and I've done, I've, I've, I've seen this experiment since I was nine years old. I take 50 guys and put them in a wrestling room. One hour later, they will know who the baddest dude is. And don't think for a second they all touched each other. I mean, half the, the this weight on down stays over, this weight stays over. They don't even intermingle. They won't even say hello. One hour later, everyone in that room will know who the king is. And if you guys have ever seen this in the animal kingdom, it's very real. My father used to do a lot of things with cows. And if we would bring a new cow from the auction, let's just say, for example, we would, we'd open up the trail and we'd, we'd put the cow in the field with 50 other cows. The baddest cow will come up and say hello and it's not nice to the new cow. They will then butt heads and a fight takes place. Have you guys ever seen this? With cows, there's no horns, so nobody has to die. But they will put their heads and they no discussion has to happen. This is what is going to happen every time you put a new cow in a field with cows that have an established leader. They will put their heads together and then they will start to push. Whoever backs the other one up wins and they go the best of three. If you haven't seen this, you probably think, well, come on, they go the best of three. Yes, they will go the best of three. Absolutely. It's an incredible thing and then that cow falls into line forever. When it is time to eat... No one moves until the head cow lets them know and he walks first and they all follow him. There's a thing, there's a system. And I share it for you that doesn't end in the animal kingdom. Gilbert and Blahal knew who was going to win that fight before that fight ever started. And we didn't know. Right, So then we come and we watch them in the media and we watch the back and forth. And it's why the ceremonial weigh-in is so important for this. Right, The expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Nobody understands that as well as Dana White. That is why he gets you so many pictures. It is the whole reason he shows back up. The commission doesn't make him be there. He's not being paid to be. He shows back for this ceremonial weigh-in to give you guys one last look at their bodies, at their builds, juxtapose that with previous, previous performances, start to judge and form an opinion on their level of conditioning. It's very real. Their level of fitness is very, very real. Handicappers and betters and odds makers, I just share this with you because that's what we do. We try to watch this, but all we're really looking for is to find out between the two of them. We know that they already know. But now we want to see if we can figure out who it is, right? It's the whole reason you watch this. And I have to ask you, when Bahal asked for this to be five rounds, it was a tell. It was a tell not only to Gilbert, not only to us, but it was a tell to the rest of the division. And quite frankly, it scared the hell out of them. Nobody wants to go more rounds than they have to. You guys can relate to whatever job you have. What do you guys put in eight hours? I think that that's typical. That'll remain typical until I'm in charge, believe me. We'll, we'll go to a six hour workday, believe me. We, a 30 hour work week. That's a whole other conversation. You guys probably put in eight hours a day. And you probably put in 40 hours a week. What if you had the option? You're not getting paid anymore. We're, we're just, but we're going to give you the option. Would you like to work another 70%? None of you would say yes. But if you did have a guy, you did have a guy, at the job site, guy in the office that did say yes. And by the way, he wasn't saying it's like gain favor with the boss. He really meant it. He really enjoyed this. He really wanted to be out there another 70%. He was just the guy with that attitude. It just hit, you'd respect the hell out of him. You wouldn't question that guy. You'd make him your leader. So when Blahal steps forward and says, I want to go another 70%, I want to do what nobody else does. I want to do, they quit calling the 4th and 5th round the 4th and 5th round. They started calling it championship rounds. Every single expression ever coined in this sport is stupid. All of them. From the night that Robbie Lawler uh, taught us to, to run it back. To the night that Daniel Cormier told us, share the octagon To the time that Conor McGregor, instead of saying how old a guy is, said this many years of age. And all you that have eaten it up and now it's your new vocabulary, the only one that's ever been created worth a damn championship rounds. Whoever said that should get credit. Matt Hughes comes out and says, you're not the champion until you defend the championship after he defended the champion. You didn't say it before. I mean, we've got all these expressions in this sport. And you know who's who when you hear, him. except for the guy that said championship rounds. It's a very special thing. And only champions go in those rounds. The only time they're called for when that term was developed was championship matches. They didn't, they didn't exist anywhere else. It was in the bylaws. It was in the bylaws. So when the Hulk comes out and tells the world I'm not only going to step to the number one guy. I'm not only going to step to the only Abu Dhabi medalist this company even has under contract. Don't think you have to correct me with Krongrazy. We got two, it turns out. I'm not only going to step to him on short notice. In a sold-out arena, in a co-main, on pay-per-view. I'm going to challenge him in a game of chicken in front of the world to do it another 70%. To do the fight that's been discussed plus 70%. It was intimidating. Now, Mohammed tried to bluff a guy that's not going to blank. You did not see Mohamed go out there and expose Gilbert or destroy Gilbert or show up Gilbert. You saw two studs. That's what you saw. One of them won, and that meant the other one didn't. But that's, that's what you saw. This was special. But when Mohamed played this game of chicken, it wasn't just against Gilbert. He knew Gilbert wasn't going to blink. He knew he was going to have to pull down to 170. He knew Gilbert would say yes. But he sent a message to the rest of the division. And trust me, there is nothing more intimidating than that. It's just the truth. You talk about confidence, guys. You'll hear you hear people say that. I'm confident. I'm confident. Gary Goodrich. I've, I've got to give him credit. I mean, this is 20 years ago that Goodrich says. It's more like 25 years ago. But he hit it right on the head. And I was an athlete back then. I was at college back then. I was an athlete. And I knew it, but I'd never heard it said so well. I've taken this with me. And I've brought it to you guys. I, I must give big daddy credit though. And Goodrich said all confidence is, is conditioning. If you're in good shape, you have confidence. And if you're not, if you didn't put the work in, you don't, he's right. And there is nothing that will scare a combat athlete more than the idea of fatigue. Nothing, not victory. Not whether I'm going to win or lose or what my paycheck's going to be, if my dad's going to be proud of me. It's not. Those are all things. It's not number one. Number one is I will reach a point of exhaustion where I can't follow the golden rule, which is to protect myself at all times. Then I will, I will get so fatigued I can't finish the match. And, and when you get TKO'd, that means you can't finish the match. That is looked at as a more honorable way than stopping on the stool, than having the towel thrown in. That's looked at as though you don't have heart. It's the same thing. You got so tired you couldn't get off the stool and you were smart enough to tell your coach, okay, great. You weren't smart enough to tell your coach. You went back out there but could do nothing and the guy pounded you out. For some reason, that, that one's more honorable. It's the same thing. I'm just sharing that with you. There is nothing that will bring fear more. So when Muhammad plays this game with the baddest dude on short notice, gets his way and then pushes through, believe me when I tell you. The boys in the back respected him before. Believe me when I tell you. It is different now. I've been that guy in the back. You walk in, you got a whole room full of killers, and you walk in, and the killer, whoa, they stand back when you walk in. It's a great feeling, and I'm telling you, it's the one that Muhammad's going to have next time he walks in the back. I hope that you guys saw it. I hope that you guys respect it. But I guarantee you, the boys in the locker room on the roster did. They will not look at Muhammad the same. They know that he played a game of chicken. They know that he thought it was... Gonna bluff and back down, Gilbert. But it did. It did it. Gilbert stepped to it. But you, you still got to understand, and you can relate it to what you do. You don't want to go an extra seventy percent for no more money. He did. It's much harder, much more difficult, much more risk. Much more risk. He did it anyway. Baha Mohammed is the real deal. He's the number. He's the number one contender that's not named Colby Covington, and he earned it. And if you tell—if you say anything different than what I just said, you're not telling the story accurately. So we've got well, Homo humble, humble, we've got this established, I mean, it's really rare when this happens, guys, and don't forget, not only did it happen, it happened twice in the same night, and what I'm talking about is coming out the back and knowing who the number one contenders are. I mean, it, it, it almost puts a damper on every prance, press conference since 2001 when John Morgan or Kevin Ioli says to Dana White, what happens next with such and such guy? They have to ask that question. There's no better question. There's nothing we want to know more. On the other side of it, Dana must give the same answer every single time. Let's see what happens. He must! He's gonna, he didn't know if these guys had passed the steroid test. Quite frankly, he's not going to talk about that. But that, that's going through his mind. He doesn't know what suspension the commission is going to give them. Everybody gets a minimum seven days. You go out, you throw one punch, it lands, you knock the guy out. You just got yourself suspended for seven days. Did you know that? As simple as that might be. I don't know anyone that ever got a seven day. The minimum I've ever heard of is 30 days. Automatic 30-day suspension. Now, if you actually follow the bylaws of the ABC, do you guys even know what a 30-day suspension means? Because you won't find a fighter that does. Allow me to tell you, you can't even train. You cannot go in the gym. You are suspended if you go in the gym and somebody trains with you or a coach coaches you. Your workout partner can be, per the rules, suspended. It's never happened. They can be, per the rules, and the coach, if he's a licensed cornerman, can have it revoked. You guys don't know, but it's a big deal. There's a reason that Dana has to say, let's see what happens. We come out of this one. We got Sugar Sean. And Sugar Sean in the Michael Jackson jacket. I mean, come on. Can we give him credit? (laughs) Come on, he's got no shirt on. I've wanted to pull that look off my whole life and don't have the courage. Now, Even if I had the courage, there was never a time I could have pulled that look off. But believe me, if I could have... Sat in the front row at a title fight on pay-per-view with no shirt on and a Michael Jackson jacket. I would have done it. That was cool. Everything. Sean's a cool guy, man. I got to tell you, though. Okay, so he's going to fight next. He's going to fight with Alger next. Great. But now Blahal's in position, too. And I get that he's a, I get that's a little bit logjam, but he is still in position. He's still established it. We, we now know what's next for him. Fight white. We don't know who the opponent is. Right? It's got to go between Colby and, and Leon. But there's also a side if something was to happen that he would go right in. Right? It makes a real easy transition into an interim title fight. Should you need one? And where we stand right now, we're going to need one. I don't, I don't believe that, but I'm telling you the words that we've heard, which are from the champion, I'm not fighting Colby. Okay, great. You, you don't have to. Blahal will fight him, and we'll do it for the interim. Championship, but it's one of these things. When you have that, when you have Hall in that position, it makes that very easy to do. I'm not announcing that or predicting for you. I'm attempting to prove a point that even if it's a round robin, we've got these three. We've still established more clarity. Been a long time, guys. I probably got to go back to Moreno Figueroa Part One. I probably got to go all the way back to that post fight press conference for Dana to come out and be clear with us. And not play the the game. Not play the, we'll see what happens. Come out and give us an answer. It's cool. It's fun. It's different. So I bring in this to your attention. I'm bringing it for a plethora of reasons. But, in capital letters, comma, okay? But, comma, as soon as you establish a top guy, as soon as you move a top guy off the board. Generally, that comes in pairs. Uh, Leon Colby would be an example. That pair comes off the board. Now, Blahal as a singular has come off the board, but it, it speaks volumes to the guesses that the U and I's of the world are going to put forward for what happens with, let's say, Rachmanov. Rachmanov, who's sixteen and zero with all fa- This has never been done. What Rachmanov has already achieved in the sport has never been done. How that story isn't told five times more often and louder than it is is an injustice. But now it doesn't appear that he's won away from a title shot, by the way. So who's he going to fight? Rachmaninoff has put himself in a position where he must fight a top guy. You would be irresponsible as a promoter and as a commission. To sanction anything less. I mean, that's what happened. When you, when you finish 16 of 60, right, you tell me it's a big problem. Let me just diverge for a second. John Jones, John Jones has to fight in title fights. He threw a five pounder sat on his ass for three years. He's going to a division he's never been in, and Dana's like, whenever he comes back, he's fighting for a title. Nobody pushed back on that, and they would have at any other time. You wanna, you wanna know why they did it? Because John will hurt you if you're the number one guy. If you're the number one right guy in the world, John Jones will send you to the emergency room. The last time I saw Tiago, the last time, I yelled to it was after the John Jones. I great job. I'd never even met him before. I said, Great job, that was awesome. He he waved to me. He waved. He speak English, I didn't speak Portuguese. He was on a stretcher. He was tied down at two different places, and they were lifting him into an ambulance. Where we were out back, I was with Gilbert Melendez and Errol, and we just, we just we wanted to pay our respects. He put on an awesome fight. They were taking him to the emergency room. He's number one guy in the world. This is what happens if you fight John Jones, as the number one guy. You're going to the emergency room. But the point I'm trying to make is, you can't put John in there with a number nine. You can't, a number nine guy, that's something to brag about. Tell your grandkids sometimes. I was ranked number nine in the world. Don't fight John Jones at number nine. You can't put John in there with number six. It's irresponsible. And I'm bringing that to you. Rachmaninoff is in a very similar place. That's what finishing 16 to 16 means. So now we're talking about putting Rachmaninoff in there with the top guy and letting them know we don't even need to have the conversation. Right. Danny Rube isn't even going to pick up the phone and say, hey, by the way, uh, Sean, this is a number one contenders match, right? Had Blahal and Gilbert not done this, Sean probably would have said, of course it's a number one contenders match. Danny Rube won't even ask him. He knows it's not a number one contenders match. We got got Blahal waiting. So now you're going to put off just by example, but you're going to put him in an absolute top fight. And it's not going to be a number one contenders match. The guy's 16-0 with all finishes. It's a big deal. I mean, you want to go by the numbers, you're either going to have to have somebody jump on the grenade, and someone you're going to have to take a top guy that's going to have to go out and do the job. He's going to have to put Rachmanov over and go, well, it's one last paycheck, and I hope you guys appreciate that I did you a favor. It's going to be that. That's a part of this business, okay? Or you're going to put him with the absolute best, and you know who I'm talking about. Gamar Usman. That's it. That's it. you, You don't have another option. There are studs. There are tough guys. They don't want to fight him. They will. They will because there's ways to make fights happen. Believe me, they're not all nice. Or you're going to put him with Usman. And the reason I'm very light on that idea is that Usman versus Rachmaninoff, by example, either becomes your number one contenders match, which it's eliminated from, or you put that match on the same night that you put Colby versus Edwards in the event that something happens, so you can then pull that fight apart and move that person up. Very common, common in our industry. Not common when you have Blahal in the position he's in. Do you see how everything just changed, right? And if you listen to this piece and you say, Chael, thank you, and I've been entertained, but Chael, you've overthought this. Uh, you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong. It's not overly sophisticated and, hey, who wants to fight it? Right? There's ways to make this simple. But if you're really trying to look at it and you're really trying to understand it, there's not a real historical piece that you can turn to. Normally, when we take guys off the board, we take them two at a time. Colby, Edwards, just to reuse that example. But Hall came off the board One. One. So now you got a real transition player. Is he going? Is everything going to go perfectly as expected? Nothing ever does. Is it sure? If if it does, then that means that Colby and Edwards will fight. Blahol sitting there to take on the winner. He'll be in the front row. Maybe get a little face off. However that goes, that's a perfect world. When's the last time we had a perfect world? It's more likely that something happens between Edwards and Colby, and Blahol goes right in. That's more likely if you just want to look at historically speaking. And then you got a big question of what do you do with Rachmaninoff? And is Kamara coming back? Because if he is, come on, come on. Kamara's coming right into something big. Kamaro's coming hard and heavy. Kamara Usman has been so quiet. He's been quiet for four months. There's going to be some news. It's going to be coming soon, and it's going to be big. I got a huge uh, compliment over the weekend. Steamroller, Matt Fravola, one of the most entertaining guys, right? Somebody that embraces the entertainment, constantly brings it to you guys. But he paid homage to my call-out of Anderson Silva and he was talking about Patty Pimblett, but he said, Patty Pimblett, you absolutely suck. He then nicknamed him Patty Cakes, and I know that's simple. I know that's low-hanging fruit. Come on, Patty Cakes, that's funny. That's funny. He did this to one of the, come on, he just did that to one of the world's best cage fighters. That's a good one. As simple as it might be, nobody's done it yet, right? For Favola for gets the credit, but it was very sweet. I'm watching with my family, right? It, it, it meant something to us. I just want to tell Matt, thank you very much, but let's go to the call out. How do you get around it? How do you get around that if you're Patty? And Patty has done a couple of things that nobody else does. And it's worked. Yeah. There was a lot of comparisons to Patty and Conor McGregor. And as we get to know Patty, we don't make those comparisons as much, do we? I mean, Patty is doing something his own way. Patty is one of the biggest draws in the sport. Are you guys aware of that? I don't believe he's ranked in the top 10. I don't think he's ranked anything. they, for some odd reason, go all the way to 15. What's the point of doing a rank if you're going to go to 15? Right? Why, why don't we just rank 100? Anyway, 15's a weird number. Okay. I don't think he's ranked anything there, though. He hasn't main evented yet, but he's sold out arenas. Make sure you hear what I just said because it's accurate. Paddy Pimlet has not main evented, but he has sold out arenas. His pop has been two and three times louder than that of the main event. Tickets are selling, tickets are moving, right? All of a sudden, you announce that Patty's on the card, boom, tickets are gone. Very easy to know who to credit it, right? There's a couple of trends that you can track. I'm just sharing with you, he's, he's a big draw, he's a big deal. What Patty's gonna do next is a big deal. Dave Portnoy, who is a massive leader. In media for sports in this country, that's the only guy he got behind. He didn't go grab up Adesanya. He didn't fly out to New Mexico and set a meeting with Jones. He went to England and he grabbed Patty, a non-main eventer who's not ranked. Man, I'm just sharing for you. He's a big deal, but I, I, I want you to understand this. I want to make sure we give Patty our credit. He deserves it. And Patty has done something that surprised me. I don't get these wrong very often, guys but I'm being fair and I'm being humble when I tell you I had this wrong. One thing that every star has done from the beginning of time, I'm bringing boxing in. I know we started in 93. I'm bringing boxing in. Every star, guys, every, not a broad stroke, a literal, every, bullseye, they have a nemesis. They have a foe. And they don't have to be fighting them. They don't have to be building towards them. That's always a misconception. Your foe, your opponent, your nemesis can be a guy that you're not under contract with, that you're separated from. You're a weight class apart. But you still have them. When you see that guy, you think about this other guy. Everywhere you go, if you're the media, you can't think of any questions to ask him. You just ask this guy about that guy. You know you're going to get fired. They all have that. Uh, Pacquiao and Floyd, whether that fight sucked or not, they never even tried to fight each other. But boy, they told the world and they told the media and they talked about it for five years. That's just an example. I'm just offering you an example. Sugar Ray Leonard's getting ready to go fight Donnie Lalonde on something called closed caption that people didn't even know about then. The young white Canadian... Sugar Ray talked about nothing but hands of stone, Roberto Duran, the entire time. I'm just offering you an example. It doesn't have to be your next opponent. But when you talk about Paddy the Batty, there's no foe. He had some kind of heat going. With the guy that threw a water ball at him, who's a straight-up killer, by the way. But they were different weight classes. And Paddy nicknamed him uh, Mr. Water Bottle. Right? It was was a very Donald Trump-esque move to dismiss somebody. By condescendingly giving them a nickname, I read, like there's a, it, might, it might be simple, but it works. It works, and people don't always identify it and see it to copy it very much, right? It's just, it's just like Matt calling them patty cakes. He did not make make up the word patty cakes, but he identified it and he assigned it, and it's funny. What are you gonna do? See if this was anybody else, you can't get around that. Matt cut a promo. It's the only promo of that night. It's the only call out of the entire night that got broken off, turned into memes, and is airing on social media. Matt wins. But if Matt wins, and it's about you, and he tells you that you suck, and you got an ego and some level of pride, you go fight the man. That's it. Or you have no pride. That's what this sport is. It's what the business is. If that, what I just said to you, does not appeal to you, don't go into this. If you don't want to be on both sides of it, the one that steps forward when the challenge is issued or the one that steps forward and gives the challenge like Matt did. But if you don't like that or that doesn't appeal to you or you don't agree with what I just said, no problem. Please don't do it. Do something else with your life. This isn't for you. So Matt has now done it. It's happened. It's done. Patty must answer to it. He must try to fight him. He must faint. That he will fight him, he must agree to fight him. Now that's a whole other thing. The promotion wants to make it right, but that's what Patty has to do. I don't know if he'll do it. I don't know. Patty doesn't have a nemesis and doesn't feel that he needs one. Patty will do interviews, being a star, being a draw, sold-out arenas. He won't call out the champion. He won't call for a main event. He won't call for a number one contender's fight. I imagine he'd take it if he was asked. I don't suggest for you he's trying to avoid any of those things. I'm just sharing for you that if he was to act as though it was no big deal, that Matt told the world he sucks, it would be consistent. That's all I'm saying for you. It would be very consistent. Matt doesn't have to fight Patty. Matt had to say something that you guys wanted to hear and that you found interesting, he did. Matt completely succeeded here, whether he gets that match or not. But Patty is now in an interesting position where we have to sit back and we have to observe because Patty is doing things different. Patty and Sugar Sean, just by example, right? Two guys about the same age, two guys in the same era, two guys that are really coming up and can really draw and get attention are doing things completely different. I think it's worth an observation. We're gonna need a little bit of time. I will stay on top of this. I will update you on what happens. But everything's on the table from Patty now having his next opponent as generally would happen or not addressing it at all. All right, let's talk Chimayev. So, I made so much money talking about Chimayev. I mean, I've got to tell you you guys, love it, I would do it every week. There was a period of time for almost a year where I go, okay, here's the weekly Chimayev piece. It was really hard to get information on Chimayev. I'd have made one every day if I could. It took me a week to grab little people and be able to put a story together for you guys. But I'm in a very similar spot. It's really hard to get information on Chimayev. It just is. He used to be represented by Ali. I talk to Ali every day. I could get on Chimaev, but Chimaev's now a different part of the country, different representation. It's hard. But his name came up at the press conference. Dana got asked about him. Did you guys hear this? Dana just said, hey, the only thing stopping Chimaev right now is personal reasons. (sniffs) Nothing more. Wow, that's that's a big comment. It's a big comment. What does that mean? And personal reasons, what does that mean? When somebody says personal reason, generally speaking, it means stop asking me. It's none of your business. I do not want to discuss it. I will give you your answer, whether that's left or right, but that's all I'm going to give you. And you need to respect it because I said personal reasons. If you someday do that to me, I also will drop it. I mean, that, That's what personal reasons means. You check the box, personal reasons, I mean, they, they will stop asking you questions. I just bring that to you because it's a very interesting comment. Look, there's rumors about Chamayev that he can't travel. Okay? Now the plan is for Chimayev on an undercard, co-main event, to fight Paulo Costa in Abu Dhabi underneath Islam's next title defense, who will be against the winner of Oliveira and Benny. Plans change all the time. But If you were to talk to Hunter right now, if you were to ask Dana right this second, they'd co-sign what I just said. That's the plan. There's a rumor that it has to be that date. Because one of the problems is, why that's a long time to wait. And that's only four months away now. But we knew about this fight for a month. Five months away. That's a long time to wait. That's a long time to build. A co-main event. Doesn't matter how much you like it, it's the co-main. We're gonna bill it for five months since when? That's not sustainable business. We can't we can't start putting fights out there that aren't even the top of the market, and we gotta wait five months to get. Out. I'm just sharing for you, it was an interesting thing. And we then we got a rumor that we can't speed that date up because Chemayev can't get around. Now, that might be true. That might be true. I feel as though we would be given a little bit more. But it might be true. I was in Los Angeles. I could even tell you the hotel if you gave me enough time. When Fedor arrived and the FBI was waiting for him. And they went and grabbed him and talked to him. And that's, that came out. I'm not speaking out of school here. But, you know, Fedor knows Putin. and wh- Whatever it was. Whatever, whatever it was. But they pulled him aside and talked to him. So it's a real thing. It's a real possibility. I will just remind you guys the greatest Instagram I've ever done, I did a half a million views and it still lives. You can still go find it right now. But I popped into the PI in Las Vegas. Chemayev is in the ring working out when we had all been told by the top media, the absolute best media in America, we were all told that Chemayev can't get into the States. I believed it, you believed it, we were all told it, and I'm staring at him. I grabbed my phone, I do a quick Instagram, he's right there. I mean, it really, it blew up. TMZ grabbed him. This was a big deal, a Chimaev spotting. Okay, great. But I have to bring that to your attention because now we're being told the same thing. It it doesn't mean because it wasn't true then that it can't be true now. Of course not. But I feel as though I'd be irresponsible. Nobody's confirmed it now. That includes Dana. Dana said he's got personal reasons. Why wouldn't Dana say, man, I can't get him here? Why wouldn't he? There was a time when Klitschko and had to do with his contract would only fight in Germany. I mean, right, there, there's, it's not like you'd have to be embarrassed or that would be a, a thing. I, d- I don't believe. I don't think that's a secret. I think if we ask, I think if that's the case that Chemayev can't travel and we asked Chemayev, I think he would tell us. I, I don't think that that would embarrass, yeah, hey, I'm working some stuff out. They need this stamp or this visa or this on my passport. None of us quite know how all that works. But that's not what they said. As a matter of fact, the last time that it was said, it turned out to not be true, and I, I, I cracked that case myself. So just, I'm just bringing this to you, right? Just bring this. Chaimov is so interesting, but he's not a guy that needs to remain mysterious. I mean, if I, if I could go back in time, if I could go back and everything, right? You, you bet on green, right? We we understand going back in time, but but if I could, and I predicted it then, I, I believe that I have proven to be right. I would have had Francis and Gano never speak. We wouldn't know if he spoke English if I had my way. Francis was mysterious, just like Brock Lesnar, just like him and built like a Greek God. I mean, just, he had all these same things that Lesnar had. And I would have kept him mysterious. Now, I've heard that said about Chamayev about two years ago. Could have been right, could have been wrong. Time goes by, you look back, it's wrong, it's wrong. Chamayev was very, very interesting. Chamiyev started, uh, Chamiyev was shopping one time with Darren Till, and somebody filmed them going up and down the aisles to get food. How boring. Have you ever seen that in your entire life? Well, I did two years ago, and I remember it perfectly. It was fascinating. It was like the day that Mike Perry stopped his car to save the turtle, right? And it, it, it ends up doing more views than the promo that was made by professionals about Perry versus Felder was th- that coming weekend. The turtle ends up getting more views. But that's what Chemayev was like. We start getting story. Michael Bisping told some story about Chemayev driving. Not quite understanding the American system of things like speed limits. Also not understanding that we drive down the right side of the road. So he's going head on into traffic and can't figure out why people are honking and swearing. I mean, he's interesting. That's all I'm saying. He was in the U.S. I saw him on accident on my my. And I I make a my biggest biggest video I ever did on Instagram. He's interesting. He's somebody we need to hear from. If Chemaev can't get here, we need to know. Chemayev is now a 185-powder. But Chemayev was challenged by Kamara Uzman. You better believe he's looking at that. I mean, you better believe he wants it. He said nothing, not a word. And all that tells us is that. He's not planning to come to 70 and he's already busy with Paul Acosta. That's all that tells us. Cause make no mistake. Nobody's calling out Shemaev and not getting an answer. So what are these personal things? Look, what could it be if it was personal, right? And how right are we to go and dig? We were given the code where person, it means stop asking me. That's what it means. That's what it means. But was it what Dane even meant to say? You can get asked a whole bunch of questions. Was it, what is, are we taking it too specific, not specific enough? What's going on? Is it, can he only fight in Abu Dhabi? Okay, great. Fight Island. Do a lot of big fights there. It's not a big deal. But if that's the case, I don't feel that that's personal. I don't feel that would need to be a secret from us. All right, you all. I've had it with you. That's it for today's episode. But I do thank you for listening and for supporting the program. And if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, like the one from Beg Ben, who says thank you for pulling the curtain back on Dr. Huberman. You know what, Ben? I appreciate that. And there is more to come. I am not happy with that, man. I really do appreciate you saying that. I'm going to see you all back here on Friday. I will see you all then. And until then, you're welcome.